Welcome back to another episode of In No Hurry. I'm your host, Cole Douglas Claiborne. This is episode six, December 23rd, 2019. And I am so excited to share this episode with you guys because today is my wife and I's second wedding anniversary. And my guest this week is my wife, Emily Claiborne. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear this. We had such a great time reflecting on our first couple of years of marriage and talking about some of the things that have really worked well for us as a young couple. And my wife is also a practicing marriage counselor. So she has a lot of great advice about what helps marriages persist through problems and what helps marriages sustain over the course of many years. So I cannot wait for you guys to hear her thoughts and I just hope that you guys enjoy this conversation and are able to gain something that you can put toward your own marriage or your own relationship. We dated long distance for about two years before we got married, and we have some advice for you if you're in that season, if that's you. Um, and we, we just really had a great time kind of reflecting on uh, our relationship so far. The music that you're hearing, of course, is my friend Ryan Allwart. Christmas is in two days, guys, and you better check out his Christmas music before it gets too late. Indiana Christmas on Spotify, iTunes, all of that. Please go check it out and support him. But guys, marriage is just such a beautiful gift that God has given us. And by no means do Emily and I have a perfect marriage, but we just hope that you guys can get something out of this conversation, whether you're currently married or about to be married or will hopefully one day be married. We've done certain things that have helped our marriage get to where it's at and to a point where we really feel happy about where our marriage is. And a big reason for that is that everything that we do centers around our faith in Jesus. And so you'll hear us talk about that quite a bit. And we'll also share some things that we did to prepare ourselves for marriage, both when we were dating and also when we were engaged. Emily is just so wise, and I often refer to her as the smartest person that I know. And I think you guys are going to find out pretty quickly just why I feel that way. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. I love her so much. Here is my conversation with my wife, Emily Claiborne. So when I was in high school, my friend, um, who was actually my next door neighbor, and I were on our school broadcasting show. Um, Her name was also Emily G. So it was two Emily G's, and we were the face of the Purple Vision So each week we would get on and share the news with our school um, in front of a green screen. And really, that's been the most public I've ever been in my life. Wow. And here you are on your husband's podcast. Yeah. So I thought I peaked in high school, but here I am. Here you are. Welcome to another show, another episode of In No Hurry. I'm your host, Cole Douglas Claiborne. My wife is our guest this week. Today, when this episode is out, it is our two-year wedding anniversary. So we thought it would be fun to kind of reflect on our first couple years of marriage. And Emily is a marriage counselor um, and has done a lot of studying as to what works and what doesn't work in marriages. And she can provide some actual um, evidence for that. But I just thought it'd be fun for us to talk about some anecdotal stuff from our first couple years of marriage. And honestly, like it's, it's been pretty much what I thought it would be, you know, everybody, um, I'm going to go ahead and say this right at the, right at the beginning. Um, if you have ever said to a young couple something along the lines that marriage is going to be hard, you need to change that because that is something that I feel very strongly about that there is nothing that is hard about marriage. 
Uh, I have not really found anything to be completely different in our lives in the two years that we've been married that wasn't the case before we got married. Uh, I mean, the main difference is you're living with somebody, but in terms of life, your life doesn't get any harder. The things that you face in life are things that are that make life hard. It doesn't mean marriage is hard. And so the thing is, when we've gone through things, those are things that we would have dealt with in life in general, and now we get to do it together as a couple. And uh, just on a serious note, like I feel very strongly about that. And you know, I thankfully nobody really preached that to us that marriage was going to be hard. In fact, our pastor was very adamant that marriage is not hard, and kind of is where we adopted this mindset from. But um, you know, I guess as you look back on our first couple of years of marriage, what has stood out to you in terms of like, did you, is anything majorly different than what you thought it would be? Well, first off, I want to say, um, I do agree with that, but I think also in and of itself, when people say that, um, that's not really an encouragement. That's not really something that you should say, um, as you're, you know, hoping to send someone off on, right. um, one of the most important things that they will embark on. And that is choosing to spend their life with someone else as well as, um, and just grow with that person. So I would say, I mean, obviously, yes, there's been some changes. Um, we now live together. We didn't used to live together. Um, some people choose to do that, but we chose not to. Um, but outside of that, I'd say, you know, we continue to grow and learn more about each other every single day um, through the good, the bad, and the ugly. So what what people say, um, when it comes to people saying marriage is hard, it's not the marriage institution and the marriage covenant in and of itself that is difficult. It's the things that happen to us both individually and collectively as a couple that um, complicate things and that make it more difficult and uh, make it easier to, you know, to, uh, to want to lead the separate lives that we have before. But it is a choice that we have to make every single day um, to put our partner before ourselves and ultimately our family before ourselves. So I think for us, um, I mean, it has been an adjustment because we were long distance our whole relationship. So for a lot of people who, you know, are around each other more or on a daily basis, um, it would be less of a change in and of itself because, you know, you have gone, like been grown accustomed to being around that person so often. And then, you know, when we got married, um, I moved to a new state. Like I left where I grew up and moved somewhere where I had never lived before and really only knew you and your family. So that was a difficult time in and of itself, but it went really well. And through the grace of God, you know, we were able to connect and, um, our relationship was able to be nurtured in that time. So that was really a sweet season um, at the beginning of our marriage, especially as I, you know, had to uh, depend on you maybe even more than a, um, a wife normally would just because you were my whole world at that time. Um, so, and, you know, we still have to continue to adjust as we enter new seasons of our life and go through different transitions because I don't think, you know, just at the beginning of a marriage, you know, I, I think we, we change so much over the course of our lifetimes and over the course of a relationship. So, you know, you constantly have to be able to adapt and to rely on one each other, one another. And so I think that was such an important time for us, an important thing for us that maybe other people on the outside would have thought like, oh, this is hard, but really 
you know, when you have another person to help you and guide you and go alongside you in that transition, whatever that transition may be, I think, I think it's a really beautiful thing. And it's a really beautiful example of what God wants for his people. Yeah. And I do want to clarify, like whenever I say marriage isn't hard, really the, the reason why we can say that is because our marriage is focused on Christ. And that alone makes a marriage infinitely easier, I guess. I mean, that's like it not necessarily easier, but that's for us. That's the way that we believe our marriage should be focused. And so whenever we face struggles, either individually in our own lives or uh, together as a couple, you know, our focus has always remained on Christ. Our our marriage has always been, been focused on that. And so it makes it to where we know exactly where our priorities are. And, you know, anytime that we've, had stress or problems, we've prayed together, we've prayed for each other and with each other. And I think that's a whole reason why everything is so much easier for us. And the, the, the one thing that I want to say too is, like Emily said, we've heard too many young couples enter into marriage with people wanting to tell them what the hardest part or what's going to be hard or how people are going to fight so much. And like, we're not saying that life is perfect. We're not saying that we have the perfect marriage by any means, because there's things that couples go through that we have not even come close to experiencing yet. But the whole point is like what Emily's saying is the covenant of marriage is not hard. And it's supposed to be something that represents God's love for us. And so there's all kinds of different biblical elements that are part of a traditional Christian marriage that um, symbolize what we're talking about. And I wrote a blog last year, actually on our anniversary, uh, that, that kind of explains that in more detail. So if you go to coldclayborn.com, you can find that. And it's the article is actually labeled Marriage is Not Hard. And so um, you know, one thing that I said at the beginning of that article, and I still feel the same way, was that, you know, we were a year into our marriage at that time. And I said, I'm going to say this with full confidence. And it's something that I'll will always be able to say, and that's that marriage isn't hard. And so that article actually explains it kind of more from the biblical perspective. But, you know, I'm just, I'm thankful that, you know, yeah, life has not really changed a ton other than the fact that now we have, uh, we're living in the same house as each other. We have a cat that we have to deal with every day who's right here trying to be on the podcast as well. Um, but other than that, I mean, things haven't changed a whole lot. And frankly, it's been like, my life has been better now than it ever was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think one of the best parts, and like I said, with us dating long distance, it was a long time coming. You know, it's like, I think the most important thing, and this is both as someone who is a counselor and also a person, you know, is just making sure that people have the same type of expectations for their relationship. Um, I've always thought that was something that was super important um, going into any relationship, you know, just recognizing that you have the same intentions and the same end goal. And for us, that was marriage. Um, and so we knew when we started dating and we're looking toward the future that um, the long distance in the long run was not as big of a deal because we could look forward to the eventual time where we wouldn't have to separate anymore the time when we would no longer have to say goodbye to each other because we would be able to spend every day together, you know, as much time as we want to together. Um, so I think with that in mind, uh, that just kind of set us up to be able to um, be on the same page and feel like we're on the same team and everything like that more so than if we kind of had different ideas going forward. 
what advice do you have for people that might be listening to this that they're in a long distance relationship and you know maybe marriage is on their mind um you know thankfully our distance wasn't too far and you lived in Bowling Green which is where I went to college you know to college here so it wasn't like you were living you know some people date six seven even like 10 hours apart and that's a whole lot harder than what we dealt with so I guess based on our experience though what advice do you have for people that are dating long distance that they want to plan for marriage but it can be hard when you've got like for us we had different lives going on in different cities Mm -hmm. and you know, ultimately we had to come to a decision of how to mesh that all together. But, you know, based on our experience, what advice do you have? Um, I would say definitely it's all about intentionality, really. Um, it's about being intentional. Um, obviously planning is huge. Um, for people who can see each other, like couples who can see each other regularly, you know, you might be used to just popping out and running errands together or, you know, just seeing each other for dinner a couple of times a week. Whereas if you're dating long distance, whatever that distance is, you have to plan or, I mean, you're not really going to see each other. Um, so definitely being intentional about the time you spend together, whether that's, you know, deciding to see each other every other weekend or once a month or however often that is. And then in the times you aren't together, Um, just being intentional about communicating on the phone or uh, FaceTiming or Skyping or whatever you want to do. Obviously not to a degree where it takes over your life because I think that was super important for both of us and that's why it made long distance not as hard as it could have been because we both kind of had our own lives. Um, We both had a lot that we were involved in. Um, when we started dating, you know, I was in college, you were working, um, and then I went on to grad school. And so we just both had different things that we were interested in as well as that were occupying our time so that when we did get to sense time together, it just felt even more special because we had planned for it. And, um, and, you know, it was like we were spending our time, it was more of a quality time right. at that point, yeah. you know, cause we had done all the important things before we got to see each other, you know, we prioritized like for me, my homework so I could come see you. And like for you, like, you know, you tried to finish up all your schoolwork or like, you know, grading and all that kind of stuff before I would come see you. So, um, the time we did get to spend together was intentional and it was, you know, date nights, getting to know each other and all that kind of stuff. So I definitely think, you know, just planning, making sure that you prioritize each other in the time that you do have to spend together face to face, as well as the time that you speak over the phone when you're apart. Thinking about our first two years of marriage too, in your studies and even just kind of experience so far as a counselor, what are some of the main things that trip up young couples in their first couple of years of marriage, maybe not even just young couples, but people in general in their first couple of years of marriage, you know, what are, what are some typical, I don't even want to say typical, but just common things that, um, are prone to hurting or harming marriages that, you know, I, I mean, I, I can think of things off the top of my head, you know, mm-hmm. th- ways that we've tried to be intentional to not fall into certain traps. But, mm-hmm. you know, I guess from your perspective as a counselor, what are some of those things that, people that either are in their early stages of marriage or they're about to be married, you know, what are some, I guess, emotional, physical landmines that people need to be aware of? Yeah, that's a really good question because every couple is different. Every marriage is different. Every relationship is different. And whether you're married or not married, you know, we 
we still have the same problems. <laughs> and so that's kind of demonstrating the fact that it isn't marriage that's hard. It's, it's life, right? And it's all the issues that do accompany relationships because we are broken people and we bring our own issues to every relationship that we're in. So it's not really possible for two people, regardless of if it's a friendship, you know, a family relationship, a marriage, to see eye to eye all the time. So um, if I had to put it as simply as possible, I would really say pride. And I would really say, you know, the issues that we carry, uh, the narratives that we tell ourselves and the stories that we create, because we all see the world through a different lens. So, I mean, you could grow up in the same environment as me, but you're going to perceive it in a different way than I do. You have different traumas that you've been through. You have different life experiences that I, than I have and same with any two people and any couple. So I think, you know, when you enter into a marriage, you're, you're bringing all that in there with you. You're not, you know, just forgetting your past, whether that's, you know, your romantic past or just mistakes you've made as a person, you're going to bring all that into a marriage with you. So I think it's, um, it's, it's, it's just kind of silly when people think that, you know, like, oh, when we get married, it'll get better. Yeah. Like if you have problems before you get married, getting married is not going to change that. Yep. And I mean, you know, there's going to be issues in every marriage and in every relationship because like I said, we all have our own issues to deal with. It's a matter of, you know, how you deal with that together. And, and I think that's why it is important to have a Christ-centered marriage. It is important to have similar values because when you have similar values, therefore your expectations are going to be more similar. And when you, your expectations are similar, it's going to lead to greater satisfaction overall. Like if you come into a relationship, um, you know, and we all experience trauma at greater, at greater degrees or in general, but you know, and you can't always help that. You can't help the family you're born into. You can't help the environment in which you're raised, but you can dictate your behavior that results out of that. So, you know, it's just difficult because we so often bring these habitual behaviors into a relationship and we maybe don't even know that it's a problem until someone else points it out. You know, we've done something for so long or thought a certain way about something or behaved a certain way towards someone uh, for so long that it's just become ingrained in who we are and in our personality. So, you know, we get prideful. We, mm. we, um, we want things done the way we've always done it or the way that our families have done it. Or, you know, just we, we have opinions on the way the world works. And so I think the most important thing is for us, for anybody, whether they're entering into a marriage or just a relationship in general, you know, is to recognize that this other person does not live inside your brain. This other person has not experienced life through the same lens that you have. So um, it takes a lot of humility and it takes a lot of grace that we have to um, that we have to give to one another uh, to recognize that you know you are just as messed up as I am and that's okay, but I love you and you know you are who you are and that's enough. I think a huge component of any successful marriage obviously is the fact that, both people have to be willing to sacrifice and not even so much sacrifice. Cause I think there's sometimes can be a negative connotation with the word sacrifice. It almost implies sometimes to me, like somebody is begrudgingly giving up something. Whereas in a marriage, you almost have to take the approach that you're willingly giving up something. If it means it's the betterment for your partner. And I think that's something that 
you know, I didn't fully understand until we were married just how hard that could be. I mean, that, that alone is a hard part of not just, I mean, it's a hard part of life, you know I mean? Whether you're sacrificing for your friend, your family member, it's just, I think a lot of it is like you said, our pride. Um, I don't know. I mean, speak a little bit to that aspect of it too. Just like, you know, we have to sacrifice mm-hmm. in a sense for our, our partners. And what I really mean by that is we kind of have to be willing to um, mesh our mm-hmm. own desires and our own um, preconceived notions about things with our mm-hmm. partners. Yeah. And I mean, I talk about this a lot with people, but um, you know, I think, I think it's, a, it's a different in every season, right? You know, we think about, we, I mean, we, while we don't have kids, you know, we, we have lots of nieces and nephews and we know people with kids and everything like that. And you think about all the sacrifices it takes to be a parent. Like you sacrifice sleep <laughs> for the first year or two or however much of your life. And, but the, you know, the, the beauty and everything that you get in return out of raising a child and um, getting to teach them about the world and all that stuff is that that's not really a sacrifice, right. you know, at the end of the day and in the grand scheme of things, that's a gift. And that's, and that's something that we've been given to, uh, to cherish and to, to, it's, it's a way for us to serve the Lord, honestly. And, um, I'd say it's the same for marriage, you know, it's like, it's, and, and that's why God calls us his bride. You know, it's like, we are created in unity and in um, a complementary nature to one another to be to have those you know the give and the take and the up and the down like I'll talk about this with my clients sometimes you know I'm like no relationship even if it is not a marriage is 50 50 you know there's rarely a time where I'm giving you exactly what you're giving me and vice versa you know like I'm doing one thing you're doing another thing we're both equally contributing to the marriage at all times you know whether that's something that we do whether that's how we interact with one another it's just not very easily done and it's it's kind of cold if it's done that way because you're only doing what you have to do you're not going the extra mile you're not going above and beyond for the person you're just really you know paying your bill at that point, you know, you're, you're doing what you have to, to get through, um, to get through that time. And that's, and that's not how relationships work. There are seasons where one person's giving 90 and the other person's giving 10 and they're doing the most with what they can with what they have at that point. Yeah. And then there might be another season, you know, where one person's giving 60, one person's giving 40. It's just all about give and take. And, you know, it's, and, and it, and it should be something that is, um, a joy to do, you know, we should find joy in serving one another. Um, while it's not always fun at the time, um, I think, I think that's what, what is most important is just recognizing that, you know, this might be the time where I have to give more, even though I really just want to do this other thing for myself. You know, it, it is, it is a pleasure for me to get to serve my husband or is a, it is a joy for me to get to serve my wife. And you know, that that's ultimately what love is, is doing something for the other person and serving them at the capacity in which they, they need to be served. I think some people, I, I totally agree with that. And I think, I think some people end up at the point 
and maybe it's even early on in their marriage where they are viewing marriage almost as if it's like a business partnership. Mm -hmm. Like, like I, the term that I keep thinking of is like, there might be people out there that feel like their husband or their wife needs to quote unquote, pull their weight. Mm -hmm. And in our season of life that we, we've been in, I mean, when you were in grad school, like you weren't really making a lot of money and it could have been easily, it could have been easy for somebody in my position to um, get angry about that, you know, to hold that against you. But that's not, like you said, that's not what love is and that's not what marriage is about. And like you said, there's going to be seasons where one of you might be giving 90%, one of you might be giving 10%. Some, you know, some, some periods you might be both giving 50%. But the point is like, you guys are a partnership. Like you and your, you and your spouse are a partnership and you're working together whether they're, you know, putting more into it than not. I mean, this is probably a really bad example, but like I think of a sports team, okay, like a basketball team. There's going to be some nights where some player might score 25 points, might score eight points the next night. But like they're all still a team. And like that's a really weird example, but like that's like what comes to my mind is where it's like everybody contributes. And for like as a, right. as a, as a couple, like you guys are contributing and you're working together. It's not mm-hmm. like you're – competing against each other and I think a lot of times that's like that competing mindset where it's like I'm pulling my weight what are you doing on your end right kind of I think that can cause a lot of tension for couples especially whenever you have kids involved as well yeah It, it can be very vindictive and very divisive you know to say like it's a me versus you mentality but you have to think in terms of we you know, and, uh, I think that's funny that you, <laughs> that you gave that metaphor because you should know by now that I still don't understand sports, even though you, well, the way it um, works is a team has to score points. <laughs> no, I get Members it. of that team I score know. points. <laughs> yeah. So, right. I mean, you can't, you've been can't with Emily like, for four years now and I like still have everything. not gotten her into sports. She's come to my tennis matches and she sits there and reads this is one and of supports those, it. She's right. supportive. Exactly. This is one of those situations where you have to recognize that, you know, you have different interests and you have different things that you like, but you also, we also like similar things. So it's okay. It makes up for it down the road. Hey guys, this is Emily. I just wanted to interrupt this conversation to tell you a little bit about Beauty Counter. Beauty Counter is a lifestyle brand with a mission to get safer products into the hands of everyone. This is something I'm super passionate about because as you may not know, the cosmetics industry is an unregulated industry. For the past 81 years, there's not been any federal regulation from the government stating whether what we can have in our cosmetics is safe or not. Beauty Counter is on a mission to stop that. By advocating, by educating, and by providing safer products, Beauty Counter is trying to solve this problem in this industry. I would love to help you in any way to get safer products into your hands, into the hands of your family. Please reach out to me on social media at Emily Claiborne or visit my website, beautycounter.com slash Emily Claiborne. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. What have been some of your favorite moments from our first couple years of marriage? Well, I think just our relationship in general, whether that was being married or not, I've just really enjoyed traveling together. Uh, We traveled a little bit before we got married, definitely more since we've been married. But um, I just think that's been one of the most fun parts has just been us since we do live together now and, you know, don't have to plan to see each other only on the weekends. Uh, like, you know, like earlier this week, we were just able to go to Nashville 
after work and we're able to go to Nashville last week too and we're going lots next of trips week, to Nashville yeah. next week too but um, pretty much anytime, anytime we want to go to Nashville now we can just go exactly so I think that's been one of the most fun parts because I just love to travel in general so I think it's super fun to have someone um who's not only your best friend and that you you know that you live with and everything but that also loves to travel too and I feel like we always do really well on trips together and have similar interests that, you know, like when it comes to like, if we want to hike or spend time outdoors or go shopping or sightseeing or whatever, I feel like we, you know, there is a little bit, there is a little bit of that 80, 20, 60, 40, you know, with going, yeah. with going to the baseball games and going to the, all the sporting events and stuff like that. But I know you do things that I want to do too. So that's been fun. Yeah. I mean, I think I definitely enjoy traveling. I've enjoyed doing all that kind of stuff because I think just whenever you're with somebody that you love, you, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Like it doesn't matter if we're just driving to target or if we're driving to Kansas city, mm-hmm. we always find a way to have fun and bond over it. And I think you're always really good about like coming up with like fun question games whenever we're driving. <laughs> I'm, I'm the kind of person that whenever we get into a long car ride, I'd like to just mellow out and chill. And this is when Emily likes to talk my ear off, which is fine. Um, cause I know that whenever she's talking, that means that she's happy. And you know, even when I'm tired and I don't really always want to talk, I, I know that it's her showing her interest in wanting to be with me and her love for me. And so I really just have enjoyed the little things. I mean, I, I wrote about this the other day. Um, and I just, whenever we started our Advent study, just really sweet moments like that, where we, did a Bible study together, walked over to light our Advent candles, played some Christmas music, and then we just hugged and kind of like swayed to the music in our own home, which sounds super corny whenever I'm just describing it. But like in the moment, it was like a really sweet moment. And I remember thinking like, this is exactly what I envisioned my marriage would would include, like stuff like this, just mm-hmm. little sweet moments like that. And it's nothing, never like the most flashy things. It's just, those are the moments that I think I'm the most thankful for because Mm -hmm. to me, it shows how good God is. I mean, you and I dated a number of people before we got married. And I think both of us always had an idea of like, this is the person that God has Mm -hmm. for me, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm thankful because those are just sweet little moments that I don't know that I would have with anybody else. And Mm -hmm. uh, obviously I love doing the big things. I love traveling. I love going to different places, but I think there's also beauty in those little things as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's one of my favorite parts too, is being able to just, like you said, (laughs) go to Target or, you know, like we just did before we started the podcast. Um, just pretty much so every many, weekend. Yeah, I mean, pretty much every weekend. It's if fine. you're ever wondering where Emily is, um, pretty good guess that she's at Just Target. go ahead and, yeah, go ahead and look at your find your friends and I'm probably at Target or home. I'm sure everybody listening <laughs> has their, your location on I hope not. Please don't. <laughs> but <laughs> either way, you know where I am. But yeah, I mean, I definitely agree too. And like when we first, you know, when we first got married and we lived in our apartment, like it was just so fun to be able to watch movies together and watch TV shows together and just do those everyday simple things that you, um, 
that you couldn't really do, especially if you're long distance, you know? So that was, that was fun. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree that doing the everyday type things has been a really special part of being married and get, getting to know each other too. Like, you know, you think, you know, so much about a person before you marry them, even if you've been dating a super long time, like we're still going to learn things about each other forever. And, um, you know, I think like when you see, when you said a minute ago, like when we ride in the car, it was like, I mean, we had ridden in the car many times together before we got married, but you know, we've, I've kind of learned so much more about like, about how you are as a passenger and how you are as a driver and like, you know, your mannerisms there and, you know, just our routine. And, you know, we kind of have these expectations and assumptions of how we will interact because we just feel like we know each other so much. So that's both a good and a bad thing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, what, what have you learned about me that like, since we, since we've been living together, uh, you know, cause never, we didn't live together at all before we were married right. and we didn't even really live in the same city. Right. And so there were a lot of things that, that truly did change whenever we got married because we moved into a new home together. You moved to a new city and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden we go from not seeing each other at all really during the week to seeing each other every single day. Yeah. And so with that comes your, your eyes are opened to everything yeah. that the person does. <laughs> all the good and all the bad. All the good and all the yeah. <laughs> what, what have you, what have you learned about me that you didn't know before we were married? Um, I think, if, well, that's a, I could answer that a lot of ways for sure. Let me tell you everything. I've learned about. But no, I mean like we were talking about this earlier, like I've learned how patient of a person you are. Like, I, I mean, I've kind of thought, you know. Hey, I'm um, in no hurry. Right? Yeah, very true. Very <laughs> true. Um, I mean, I've always thought, you know, like, I'm a patient person. Haha, ha, I'm really not. Um, you are very patient when it comes to, like, I mean, we were talking about Christmas gifts. Like, you can wait. And I'm like, I want you to open your Christmas gift today. Emily has been begging me. Like, <laughs> she's been she's been asking me. She's like, are you sure you don't want to know what your gift I mean, is? Are you sure you don't want to open it? Because we have our options. anniversary on the uh, 23rd. Christmas. And Christmas. And so a lot of times it's hard to keep the gifts straight because it's like, when do we open these? When do we want to open them? And a lot of times it's hard to know, like, did I get this gift for Christmas? I get it for anniversary. And Emily gets really excited about gifts. And not only does she want to know what I got her, but she cannot keep it a secret about what she's gotten me. And I'm so impatient that I want to tell you the second part of what I've learned about you. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. uh Yeah, um, that's for sure true, but you're definitely more patient than me in most things, um, which I think is a good thing because, um, if we were both impatient, there could be some issues with, you know, mood and we might get mad at each other more. So that's been a good thing. But also, um, I mean, I think there's been, you know, I've learned a lot about like things that the certain way you do things versus the certain way I do things, you know, cause we're all both raised differently in the way that we do things, you know, the way that our families do things, but also the way we've done things like as adults differently, whether that's the way we fold our shirts or load a dishwasher or, um, or don't fold any clothes or, you know, or yeah. I mean, honestly, that was what I was going to say is that you're for sure messier than I thought you were. (laughs) But, um, I mean, I could have known that based on your apartment, but you know, it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely, definitely, obvious that I am the more structured person in this relationship. So I think, uh, I think that balances us out. We're not both that way. So 
Yeah. So you're welcome for bringing yeah. some structure to your to your life. If you ever come to see our house and <laughs> it's clean, it's not because of me. That's I can tell clean. you that right now. And I do appreciate that because I have never really been one to take time to clean. Like I don't like to take time to cook. I mm-hmm. don't like to take time to like clean. Like I will put clothes up after like a week of them sitting in the basket. I will put dishes up. Maybe just not generally, the day. Generally, after me asking you to do yes. all these things, mm-hmm. I would, I would like even if even when I lived alone, because though, I'm impatient and I don't want it to sit in the basket for longer than twenty. I minutes. just have it's like been sitting in the basket for two days. In, probably in my mind, I have like other things that I would rather spend my time on. And yeah. so, like when I lived alone, I rarely cooked for myself because I didn't want to take the time to do it. I was like, you know, I was super busy with work. I would rather spend my time doing that or doing something that truly brought enjoyment. And so I may have spent more money on food, but it was like, Hey, I'd rather spend my time doing this. So I, I don't know. I feel like you've probably, you probably didn't realize as much when we were dating that that was how I was. Well, and I think, and I think too, that, that goes back to my earlier point about, you know, just like having different ways of doing things and learning, um, you know, kind of your personal preferences and having those expectations of how things should go. You know, it's like, we, I mean, we do have very similar values in a lot of things, but we also have different, place different values in, you know, like our time and the way that we choose to do certain tasks, like to me, and we've talked about this before, obviously, but you know, like I'm a super external process. I was just about to say that <laughs> so, that is what I have learned about you the most, is I just, so I like, knew that, that was the case. I'm going to go fold the laundry and of course, well, it's, it's, it's just funny because I mean, we are very similar in a lot of ways. Like we're both very extroverted, outgoing, like can get along with most people, enjoy, you know, social things and stuff like that. But I am definitely more open about like everything that I want to do. Every thought that comes across Emily's head comes out. Because it has to. There's nowhere else for it to go. But basically, yeah, I've learned that for sure. That like I have to tell you what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling or else like I mean, I can, I can get resentful and I can get prideful, you know, and thinking like, oh, this is the way it's supposed to be done. And this is the way that um, it goes because this is the way I've always known it to go. And that's not always true. You know, like I've learned to like I've learned to fold your socks a certain way. Then maybe I want to fold my own socks and it's been OK because and I'm like, well, you know, at the end of the day, the Thank socks, are, the socks are the socks, the socks are still getting folded. Um, and, you know, that's all that really matters. It's like. You know, why should we spend so much time and energy complaining about things just because they're different than how we have it when we could be, you know, just embracing those differences? And I think that's what's really important because no matter how similar two people are, there's going to be some differences because not every person's the same. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'd say like for you in particular, those are the two things that I've noticed. Have there been like things that you've noticed about me that... I was going you to. Did, s- you didn't know before we got married. I mean, just there's Besides always an external process. <laughs> there's always little things. I mean, I, not only are you impatient, but I also think that you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm adding on to what you said earlier. Not only are you a, not only impatient, like, but you mad. You are impatient. Uh, no, but just like you, you like to rearrange your own decorations sometimes, or just the way that you, the way that. You have things set up. Like there will be times when I, when I come home and Emily has moved my toothbrush or my hair gel or something. And it's not like I'm one of those people that it, my room my room might look messy. 
but I always, I know where everything is. Method to your madness. And I know exactly where it was the last time that I put it there. And in my mind, nobody else is going to touch my hair gel. So why would it be moved anywhere? And so when I come into the bathroom and my toothbrush is not where I had it last, my toothpaste is not where I had it last, my gel is not where I had it last, I start to get really irritated. It's not where it's supposed to be. So. And so, yeah, well, <laughs> so... <laughs> I have realized that like you, you go through different, like, usually whenever you're stressed out is whenever you like to kind of clean and rearrange oh, things. Yes. So you will just randomly sometimes decide like, oh, even though a week ago I thought that this needed to be here, today I feel like it needs to be moved here. Listen, physical clutter is mental clutter. I 100% prescribe to that mentality. All right, Mary Kondo, thank you. Like, I mean, I don't think she's actually said that, but... That's, that's how I've always been. It's like when there's stuff lying around, I can't handle, like I legitimately keep staring at that laundry basket as we're talking <laughs> because I'm like, I want that to be put up and before I can, you know, bring my full self to this conversation, which I mean, yeah, that's like teaching me more about patience, that teaching me more about, you know, being in the here and now and being in the moment rather than, you know, trying to have everything. And that has to do with my perfectionism. You know, yeah. but I mean, you knew that about me. So we're just, I mean, we're, you're just much more of a laid back person than I am. So I think a lot of that just has to do with our personality differences in general. Yeah. Like I don't, it doesn't bother me that I have three of my hats on the dresser behind you right now. You know, like if I wanted to wear those, I know exactly where they're at. Emily might be troubled, but like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's interesting. The differences. Yeah. Like. I didn't realize what places of value versus what I yeah. think is something that's like, I definitely didn't realize. Cause you know, whenever you would come and visit for a weekend that didn't always, that didn't always come out as much. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, you know, I, I get irritated if I'm like, Oh my goodness, where's my stuff? And then you're like, Oh, I put it here. And it's like, okay, I don't like my stuff being moved. Like I'm one of those people where like, I do get a little like protective over my own property, which is weird, but like, but what's yours is mine. Yes. <laughs> So those hats are yours. So this yes. So really, I'm slacking in here. That's <laughs> what you're saying. What are you most thankful for? I guess. Uh, uh, I guess we'll say like in our in our first two years of marriage, because like, our our marriage and dating life was pretty drastically different, just because we didn't live in the same town. Right. So I guess we'll say in our marriage, what are you most thankful for? Hmm. I think I've just always felt so supported by you. Um, and I think that's, that's something that's always been super important to me. You know, when we think about our future spouses, um, before we get married and everything like that, you're like, you know, we might come up with a list of qualities or attributes that you would want in another person. And mine has always been, I mean, honesty and all that, but definitely like loyalty. And I've always felt like you have been very loyal to me, not only in the sense of like, responsibility and doing what you say you're going to do that type of thing but loyal in the sense of that I felt like I can always count on you and I think that that's such an important thing especially in the instability of the world you know you never know when you're going to lose your job you never know when you're going to have to move when someone's going to die when these things are going to happen right so it's like you have to have somebody who you know is on your team and know is on your side and is going to support you even if you make a decision that maybe isn't the right decision at the time just knowing somebody's on your side makes all the difference and so I think that's been a very special thing that I've been super grateful for I mean all along from the beginning of our relationship but especially in our marriage you know as we lived in um, Indiana together and then now in Kentucky you know it's like no matter how much 
changes around us, whether that's our careers, um, you know, just things that we're involved in the community or churches, our family or friend groups, like all that kind of stuff. Um, I know that I can always count on you and I can count on you to be honest and um, just to be supportive of me and everything that I do. And you're always my, my number one, my number one fan. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I, I definitely would think of the word supportive, but kind of more in the sense of like, just being there and knowing that whether I'm super happy or I'm super down about something, I know that you're going to be my best friend to lean on there. And that to me, I don't take that lightly because, you know, I've had some dating relationships where like I've been in a really low place and, you know, you're looking for the other person to kind of help uplift you too and hasn't been there. Mm-hmm. And I, I just am so thankful that in the times where, I mean, I've had some really low moments since we've mm-hmm. been dating slash married in just my personal life. Yeah. And I, I truly don't know that I would have gotten through them the way that I did without you. Mm-hmm. And I'm very thankful for that because I know like you're going to be the first person to celebrate with me. If mm-hmm. I've got a success, you're going to be the first person to cry with me. If I'm, if I've got grief going on in my life, whatever the case is. And I, I just, I don't know. I think that's got to be one of my favorite things. And I think like people listening is probably just like, Oh, that's so sweet. But, <laughs> but tr- truthfully, like I, I always feel loved. Like, like truthfully, there's been very few times when we have actually fought like, like truly, well, truly. And I was fought. thinking that too. I mean, like we've, we definitely get annoyed with each other. Right. Like, I mean, I know I get annoyed with you. And, you know, like, we may not like each other a lot of the time, but I know that there's always love there, you know, and that, like, there may... But even those moments have been few and far between. Like, truly, I I can maybe think of one, like, real fight that we have ever had. And typically that has been over money or finances, which is a pretty common area. Like, in comparative to most people, though, we are both pretty sensitive people. Right. Like, we're both very emotionally intuitive especially me like I'm a very hard empath but um so you know like what I would perceive to be an argument may be more like like something that's not an argument to you you know yeah so it's like I mean we've been able to 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 learn through that and grow through that obviously and um you know you always challenge me to have those type of conversations that maybe I would avoid or you know not really enjoy having because um it's a pain point for me you know it's something that um I I, I just don't know how to talk about sometimes but yeah. you're always really good about challenging me in that um for the betterment of you know our relationship and of our marriage yeah we definitely have have figured out just how much of an idealistic thinker you are and a realistic thinker I am. And so it's made for interesting decision-making because you approach something way differently than I do. I, you know, sometimes, you know, I have a a pragmatic approach and you Mm -hmm. have an idea where it's like, I just, I feel very strongly about this. So I want to act upon it. And so those conversations have never really been contentious. It's just that that's been, I think where we've seen most of the, um, the difference because, and usually it involves something that would include spending money on something, you know, right. whether that was, um, making a big purchase or 
deciding on what apartment to live in when we moved to Evansville, those kind of things where or like having a conversation or something, or, you know, just yeah. like, I, I think, you know, and it's, it's, it's allowed us to be accountable with one another yeah. more than anything. Um, just because it's so easy, you know, you, I mean, and you lived on your own for longer than I did, but you know, you get so used to doing something a certain way because it's only been about you <laughs> and then you marry someone else and you're like, Oh, I have to, you know, I have to be thinking about us. I can't, yeah. I can't just, I can't just look at the situation and be like, what do I want to do? What's best for me? What's most convenient for me? Yeah. Really? You're like, Oh, do I have any plans with this person tonight? Do I like, have we... Have we budgeted for this? Have yeah. we, you know, how is that person feeling today? Like, how are you feeling today? Would he not want to go there or do this? Like, I have to, you know, we have to be more considerate and, again, intentional about how we spend our time, how we spend our finances, how we um, just just how we utilize our energy and our resources with each other because you can't expect the other person, again, to come from the same, same place that you do. Yeah. I thought it would be fun as well to kind of share some of our favorite moments or memories so far of our marriage. Starting, I guess, first with our honeymoon. And a lot of people don't know this, but when we, one of my biggest fears of our honeymoon was that we would get somewhere and our reservation wouldn't be, (laughs) wouldn't be there. Kind of like the old Seinfeld episode where like you took the reservations, but you didn't hold them. So we booked our honeymoon through a travel agent because in my mind it was kind of like, well, that gives me the most amount of security that this big trip. Because, you know, when you go on a honeymoon, the one thing you want to do is just be able to relax. So I didn't want to have to worry about booking anything myself and worrying if I did it right. So I thought travel agent, they're going to take care of it. And we had a a good trip up to this point, minus the fact that when we went to – so we went to – we went out kind of on a, a West Coast hiking trip. Um, Emily and I are not super big beach bums. We like to do active vacations. So we went to Zion National Park. We went to uh, the Grand Canyon. And then our final stop was supposed to be in Sedona. And when we got to Zion, Emily suffered a lot of altitude sickness because um, it's just a it's a different altitude there. And she wasn't, you know, that, that, and I think we were we were away from our family on Christmas Day, so I think that was kind of hard as well. And so my whole thought process was, you know, Sedona was going to be our longest stay, and we were going to be able to be there for a while. And we roll in there after driving, what was it, like six hours? Five or six, five or six hours. hours from the Grand Canyon to Sedona, which is a lot farther than it looks on the map. And um, we got down there probably like 10 o'clock at night and the city of Sedona pretty much shuts down at like nine or 10 and the hotel that we were supposed to stay at did not have our reservation. And so I was freaking out and I really just wanted Emily to be able to relax because she had been sick and not feeling well. And there's nothing worse than being sick on a honeymoon. So all in all, uh, we got put into some bougie hotel for that night. Uh, basically our, our, um, our travel agent was out of the country on her own vacation, so the assistant travel agent at the agency that we booked it from called and got us one night at this really, really nice, bougie hotel. Um, then they, they picked up the difference. We just paid what we would have paid at this other place, and that was a good start to our marriage because we kind of realized you know, that was a pretty stressful time to where we needed to count on each other and just kind of be patient and uh, ended up having a great honeymoon, but um, yeah, there's so many other memories that we've had. I mean, just like the different travels that we've had, um, 
dancing together at different weddings. I mean, just little things like that. What comes to mind for you as like some of your favorite memories? Um, definitely, definitely all the things that you said for sure. Um, I definitely think, and again, going back to just how supportive you've been of me, um, we have, well, for me, I have been in school pretty much our entire relationship. Like I said, when we started dating, I was in college, then I was in grad school for several years and I just finished grad school a couple months ago. So, um, I mean, you were there for me from the time I thought about, you know, applying to finishing to graduating and now starting my career. And so I think, you know, a couple of moments that really stand out, especially for that was when, um, I mean, all the times you came with me to my school, um, just, I just felt very loved and supported there. And then, uh, especially this past year, um, when you and my parents came from, you know, 12 hours away to see me walk the line, even though I still wasn't fully done with my internship and everything. So that was just really special. And I really enjoyed that. And I think just any time, um, that we've been able to to just like explore together like whether that's where we live or a different place like we talked about so much before we got married just like sitting in coffee shops and mm -hmm. reading and journaling and you writing and all that kind of stuff and it's just been really fun to be able to have that as part of our lives and you know as like simple as that sounds like I love going to new cities and finding new coffee shops and, you know, just meeting new people. I feel like you and I are always really good about doing that, like going to new cities and especially you, you're really good at like, you know, making new friends at places and then we end up hanging out with them for the night. And you know, I, I feel very begrudgingly about it at first, but then, you know, I go along with it and I'm like, oh, okay. I think that's you know? why Eric, I think that's why Eric and I have been such good friends because yeah. he's the same way. Like he's just very outgoing too. Yeah. Like I was going to say before you even got onto that, like some of my favorite moments have just come from, and, and this is, this is any advice that I'd give to any couple listening to this, like really just try to enjoy those small, what, what might seem like meaningless moments. Truthfully, when I think back to our relationship, I mean, obviously I remember our big trips that we take in like to California and San Antonio and those kind of places in Florida. But like, when I think about like my time with you, mm -hmm. it's, it is those moments of sitting at a coffee shop, sitting on the couch watching, like it's those like in between moments, you know, you have all these big trips planned and all these big events and stuff. Like obviously the graduation is great, but it's like just those little things I think are like the heartbeat of yeah. what we do. And I just, I don't know. I think to me, like find, find the beauty in the little things that you do with your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever mm -hmm. it is, you know, like enjoy those moments because they don't take those for granted. You know, I mean, those are the moments that I think have really, we may not even be doing anything. Like, mm -hmm. I know that you said that to me before, like you just like me being there with you, whether it's like you're just in the living room reading, mm -hmm. like you just want me to be there with you. And, you know, like those, those times that we went to Lynchburg, I mean, first of all, Lynchburg is an awesome town. And um, I always loved it because it was like a little retreat for me to just kind of like you'd be in class and I would go hang out at the coffee shop and get a lot of work done. And then we would hang out at night and it was a quaint town where people were friendly. And like, frankly, those are some of my, my favorite weeks as well. So I just, I don't know anybody who's listening to this. I mean, really take pride in investing in those little moments. You know, I mean, it's a weird way to think of it, but like, don't, 
don't overlook those, you know, and every, it, even if it's just you go into the grocery store with your spouse, you know, those moments can breed such great like bonding. And no, I mean, I think it has our entire relationship, like even from the beginning. I mean, it's for those who don't know us super well, we're both pretty sentimental people, you know, and it's, so it's like everything we do generally has some type of meaning, even if it's not like a huge over, overlying thing. But, you know, like what you're saying, it just made me think about like, you know, all the concerts we go to and even if we've seen somebody once it's it's still special for us to see that same person again or that group again like you know we we have these traditions kind of that and I don't know if this is probably more me than you but you know like we have the same like fall time traditions oh yeah Christmas time traditions it's definitely more of a you thing but I have grown to really enjoy them because you love them yeah you know like I definitely I'm, I'm a sentimental even a traditions type of guy but I I think I I'm thankful that you are definitely more into that because I, you're able to kind of take control of like the ideas for those. But I, I definitely do appreciate it because like this is the second year in a row we went to Brown County in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know this 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 is the second year in a row that we've gone to the um well I guess third if you include our mm-hmm. honeymoon night, but always go to the Omni in Nashville to celebrate our our honeymoon. You know, we always go to a Christmas show at the Skirmerhorn mm-hmm. in Nashville. Pretty much always try to go to some concert, whether it's Drew Holcomb or Ben Folds or Ben Ben Rector, not Ben at Folds. The Ryman. At the Ryman, yeah. <laughs> ben Folds would be awesome, though. Yeah, um, but we always try to do kind of the same things every year. And, you know, at times where it might seem like, why don't we do something different? It's also kind of like, I appreciate that we're trying to, you know, remember what, mm-hmm. you know, like, even it is different every time too. Well, yeah, and like even like every year. So our you know our first date we went to Nashville to uh, this place called Pinewood Social, and we go there every year now. It may not always be on the date, but we go there in the fall, kind of around our when our first date was, just to commemorate like the mem- the the memories we had there. And so I don't know. I think it's really sweet that we continue to do that, and I'm glad mm-hmm. that we live close enough to because so many of our memories come from Nashville or Bowling Green and. I'm glad that we can still do that, you know, and I don't know. I just, I'm very, I'm very thankful for those little moments as well. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think in the grand scheme of things, it is the little moments, you know, you do remember like the wedding day and <laughs> obviously and like the honeymoon and the graduations and the birthday parties and the celebrations and the baby's born and all that kind of stuff. But it is, you know, as Ben Rector does say, it is the walking in between. It's, it's not the mountaintops. It's the walking in between. And, um, I, I really do really believe that. And I feel like that's almost like a, like a slogan or something for our relationship and yeah. for our marriage. And that's really how it has been because it's like, you know, we've grown so much even in the low points and even in the hard things that have happened to us, um, just in our lives, you know, since we've been together, um, and, and we've, we've walked alongside of each other in that. And so even though we may not want to go back through those difficult times, um, you know, it has been a beautiful thing for us. And I know that our relationship would not be where it is if we hadn't mm-hmm. gone through those difficult times. Like, nobody ever wants to go through those times. But I, I'm so thankful that I've gotten to do that with you because our relationship has gone to a whole different level. I mean, you know, when I lost some, when I've lost people close to me during our relationship and you've seen me at my lowest point, mm-hmm. you know, it, you now know a side of me that, like, you know me better than you would have known me if I hadn't gone through that. Right. You know, like you know me much more fully than you would have otherwise. And for that, I'm thankful. I mean, nobody ever wishes to go through horrible things, but 
I also know that at some point we're going to because, yeah. you know, life brings trials. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm thankful that I get to go through those with you. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I think, I don't know if this is something someone has said or something I've just kind of spoken over <laughs> my own life and our life together, but I truly, truly believe that vulnerability does lead to intimacy and you can't truly be intimate with another person unless you're vulnerable with right. them. And that's vulnerable, not only with your story, but with your emotions and who you are to the core of your being. So that's, you know, you at your, at your, in, in your worst times, right? Like when, when you've experienced a traumatic loss, when you, are struggling with maybe um, some mental mental problems and everything like that. Like, you know, nobody really knows you until you've been through that with, until they've been through that with you, you yeah. know? And so it's like, if, if somebody is willing to walk alongside you at your, I mean, you could say at your worst, I wouldn't say it's at your worst, but um, in those times, you know, then, then you can, you can get through anything together. Yeah. When you think about, you know, we've talked about all the small moments, but I do want to talk about our wedding day because it's always so fun to, we don't, we don't really sit and think back to our wedding day as much anymore. I mean, it was such a blur. It, yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> but on our, you know, last year we went and we went back and watched our wedding film and the actual wedding ceremony and looked at the lover pictures and that kind of stuff. And I don't know, like what, what did you, what, what do you remember the most about our wedding and what was, what were some of your favorite moments of our wedding oh wow i you know contrary to so many other people um we did choose to have a wedding so close to christmas and i thought that was special you know so many people like maybe would think like oh i don't want to have a wedding that close to christmas you know like my birthday is already close to christmas so i thought that'd be special for us and so i think that that was just something that was really special and so i remember thinking one of the things I remember thinking, and I don't know if I actually told this to you at our wedding or if I just thought it, but um, I remember when we were sitting up there, you know, when we saw everyone, because we kind of had like a little stage at our wedding, kind of. Um, it was it would normally be a stage, but it's where we had the wedding party sit and us and everything. And so we could look out and see everybody sitting at the tables or, you know, going to get their food or dancing or whatever. And I just remember looking out and thinking like, I, I mean not to be like over spiritual, but it was like, this is like what the kingdom of God is like. Like, mm -hmm. I just remember thinking like, this is, this is so cool. Like, you know, I've never been to something where like all these people are here for us. Yeah. Like that was so cool. Yeah. And I just remember thinking like, and I remember looking at you and being like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe this <laughs> is really happening, you know? Cause it's like something you plan for for so long and think about for so long. And they were all there for us and it was just really special. And so that's, that's honestly what I remember the very most. And the second thing that I remember the most um, was right before we, right before I walked down the aisle. And so it's like, and again, super sentimental about all these like moments, you know, it's like, obviously I remember my dress and how you looked and how everybody looked and how beautiful the church was and the songs we danced to and how much fun it was because it was such a fun night and I honestly did not want it to end. It felt like it ended way too soon. But um, I also, you know, think about those really special moments that when you look at them in and of themselves may not have appeared as special, but they were just special to us. And so that's what makes them really cool. But I remember right before I walked down the aisle, there was a period of probably like, I don't know, it was probably like five to 10 minutes where I was by myself in a room 
and you and I prayed together and that was just really special because we didn't do like a first look or anything like that um, but we did um, kind of stand on a corner a corner, yeah. a corner of a of a wall so to speak and prayed together and that was so special and then I walked to a room and was by myself before I walked down the aisle because we didn't see each other and I just remember really feeling this almost as like a, it was as I mean I think it was the Holy Spirit the supernatural peace just saying like you know um, I've appointed you for this time and like this is it was just like such a special moment that I had with the Lord and then um the doors opened, I got to see your face and it was just so, it was just so sweet. Like it was so sweet. And, um, I really can't say it any other way. Like, I don't think I cried, but, um, I just remember thinking like, this is how it's supposed to be, you know? And mm -hmm. I think, I think you said that earlier, you know, like I didn't picture anything different for this. And it was just kind of like, you know, I just like, I felt like that is what we were supposed to be doing. <laughs> that is what, you know, like, I mean, obviously that's what we were supposed to be doing because we weren't going to get married, but you know, it, it just felt like, oh, yeah, here we are. I'm so happy we're here, and I'm so glad all these people are here with us. And the fact that it was at Christmas time just made it even that much more special and cozy. And, yeah, and, I mean, I could go on and on and on and on, and on about all the other really cool moments um, of that day, but those are the two that really stand out to me. Did you have any that were different? I mean, I definitely – I have a lot. I mean, really. It's uh, hard to narrow it down. You know, I – one of the things that I wanted to do before we even met, um, you know, I was single and kind of knew like the next person that I dated, I really wanted to be who I, mm -hmm. who I married. And I wanted to just kind of start writing letters to my future wife. Didn't know who it was going to be, but I knew that once I met them, I would know who I'm writing to. And I ended up meeting you before I even got around to start do doing that. Um, and so it was really sweet whenever we first were dating, you know, we would write handwritten letters and mail them to each other. And I thought that was always really sweet. And so when we got married, I wanted to, because what I wanted to do was write these letters. And then when I knew, whenever I eventually got married, I wanted to be able to give those letters to my spouse. Well, I met you before I could do that. And so what I started doing was writing you every day on the 23rd for six months leading up to our wedding day and then wrote you on our wedding day mm -hmm. and gave you those letters. And I think giving that to you, but then also walking into my changing room and seeing a handwritten letter from you along with the journal that you kept for that mm -hmm. year that we were engaged was really sweet because it told me like we both were on the same page with yeah. how much this meant to us sentimentally speaking. And I, I just, I was so thankful to see that on there because it just like, it, it meant so much to me that like this whole time you were praying, you yeah. were writing to me and that was just really sweet. And then, uh, like all of my groomsmen were really awesome. Like just very helpful and like, man, this is your day. We're here to help you. And then really, I mean, I think definitely praying together, uh, before the service was awesome but so much about the actual service, mm -hmm. I call it a service, I guess, a ceremony, mm -hmm. what was awesome because Greg, our pastor, I mean, we wanted it to, we wanted our wedding to be a symbol of God's love for us so that people who were in attendance who maybe don't know the Lord like we do would understand why we are Christians and why we believe what we believe and why our marriage has the focus that it has. 
And several people came up and said, you know, man, that really moved me. I, I'm mm-hmm. so thankful for that message from your pastor. And like, you know, I think dur- during the ceremony, um, several things stand out to me. Uh, my siblings and I being able to light a candle in memory of my mother um, who passed away when I was 14. You know, there's no, nobody that I would have wanted there more than, you know, my mom. And I wish she could have been there. But I thought that was a really sweet moment for me and my siblings to be able to light this purple candle in honor of her, and then it it stayed lit by the altar during the whole ser- the whole ceremony. And I thought that was really sweet because I you know I could look at the candle and you know kind of appreciate that my mom would have loved being a part of it, and that was really sweet. And then I think uh, both of us like holding hands and singing in Christ alone with uh, with the. I don't know if you call it congregation. I don't know. The people that were there, yeah. like we all sing in Christ <laughs> alone. Yeah, we all sing in Christ alone. And I think you and I just like holding our hands up in prayer was awesome. Um, but just, I don't know, everything about it, like, you know, being able to walk in and everybody cheer for us and they get to dance together, even though I'm a horrible dancer. Yeah. Um, like <laughs> even a, even a, even slow dancing, I'm horrible. Um, I just remember Emily being like, are you going to dip me? Are we you really do- should have taken lessons. Yeah, we should have done know, something. Because I was just, fine. I was kind of, like, I felt awkward dancing. We got married. It's fine. It, like, a bunch of people watching you slow dance is really awkward. I mean, I enjoyed the moment with you and me, but it was really awkward having, like, mm-hmm. hundreds of people watch us slow dance. But, I mean, just being able to celebrate with our friends, though, was just an awesome evening. So, I'm so thankful that, like, every year on the 23rd, we can kind of relive it and appreciate it. You know, I'm... I don't think I don't think there's anything that I would have changed about our wedding, truthfully. I mean, you know, I liked I liked the fact that it was a winter wedding. I thought it was neat. We had Christmas decorations up. I mean, I think there's always a just a different spirit in the air around Christmas time. And you could definitely feel that, you know, in our at our wedding. And you know, I apologize for anybody if it was inconvenient, but you know, we we loved it. And honestly I was a teacher at the time, so there wasn't really a whole lot that I could do schedule wise. Yeah. But I also really like you know, I am a very sentimental person and it meant a ton to me that I had like five or six of my tennis players at the wedding. Like that, I don't know why that has always stood, like stuck out to me, but that just seemed like it was like a really cool moment where it was like, man, these are kids that I've invested time and energy into and now they're here at my, at my wedding, which was really awesome. So I don't know. I was just very, very thankful for that. Um, I don't know. Anything else? Um, was there anything I didn't ask you that you wanted to talk about? You know, I guess we're heading into a new year Mm -hmm. and a lot of just looking ahead. Year three. Year three, yeah. A lot of Mm -hmm. just like looking forward. What are you, what are you looking forward to most about Mm -hmm. our marriage? I guess we'll say that. This is really vague, but I guess like in this next season of life, you know, like here right. in Bowling Green and um, I don't know what time frame that entails, but just what are you looking forward to, I guess, in this next season of life? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I've always been a pretty forward thinker, but, um, you know, I've also learned we can plan for things, but it generally <laughs> doesn't always go the way that we plan it will. But, um, you know, I'm just very very, very excited for us to kind of settle in, in this season. You know, we've experienced so much transition and so much change from the beginning of our relationship and especially from the beginning of our marriage to, you know, like I said, like 
I'm just starting my career. You are um, starting another career and we have moved and, you know, there's just been a lot of like physical transition and emotional transition, everything like that. And it's like for the past year, you know, we kind of lived apart half of the time with me doing my clinical internship and everything like that. So it's just wonderful for us to kind of start to form roots here. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Really looking forward to getting us getting more involved in our community, making new friends, um, and just kind of laying a foundation together. Cause not that we didn't have that in Indiana, but it just wasn't, you know, we, it, we just it wasn't as developed as I think it could it could have been. So I'm really looking forward to that and just settling into a routine and settling into our, our new life here together because I think it's going to be beautiful and, you know, happy to be back with my family and to have a, a house for us to be in. And there's just, there's just a lot to look forward to. What about you? I think definitely that too. I mean, I think just growing together, you know, we... I think whenever we got married in Evansville, at least in the back of my mind, I always sort of knew that we would probably end up moving within two or three years. Um, even though I was pretty established in Evansville, I just kind of knew with your career that it would probably require us to move to Kentucky. And now that we're here, I mean, it's, I think, a little bit easier for both of us to kind of feel like we can put roots down. And, uh, you know, I think that alone gives you kind of more of a sense of, like, getting involved because you feel like okay now i'm going to be here for a long time you know at evansville we didn't really know what mm -hmm. was going to happen with your job search and so not that we didn't try to get involved we definitely did but now i just i don't know we could see a little bit more longevity here mm -hmm. and you know i think just growing together and hopefully building relationships with other people because that's one thing that we both want is you know building community with people mm -hmm. our own age you know especially married couples Especially married couples without kids because we're not in that season of life yet. You know, it's having kids and not having kids are very different, you know. So, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm looking forward to more little moments together. Mm -hmm. Just kind of, kind of more of the same, I guess. I mean, nothing yeah. big. Like, we both have big goals and aspirations for the next year and next years ahead. And so, you know, whether those come to fruition or not, you know, I'm just thankful that we get to be on that journey together yeah and i really do think the best is yet to come so who knows what's in store for us yeah well happy for happy anniversary you too we're gonna get off here and go celebrate so do something fun with your spouse whatever whatever that entails um you know thank you guys for listening to this uh, this episode and very thankful that we we're able to celebrate two years of marriage and uh, next year, you know, maybe we'll have some updates for year three, who knows, but, um, you know, we're just glad to be able to, to share this with you guys and share the experiences from our first couple of years. And if you have any questions for us, feel free to email me or reach out to me on Twitter or F Facebook or Instagram, whatever the case is. Same thing with Emily. Uh, we're both pretty easygoing and are definitely willing to answer any questions you might have. Um, if you have any guest suggestions for the show, please reach out to me as well. I'm always interested to hear suggestions for people uh, who I should have on the show. But thank you guys for listening so much. And we'll be back next week with another episode. And so we will talk to you then. Merry Christmas.
I got to say, interviewing your spouse is a lot harder than it might seem. (laughs) But I had a lot of fun doing it, and we just had a great time uh, sharing our memories from these first couple years. And I just want to say thank you to everybody that has poured into our marriage in some fashion, whether that's through prayer, financially, or just being our friend. We could not do this without you guys. We're just so thankful for the friends and family that we have in our lives who are constantly pouring into us and showing us love and encouragement. If you guys need me at all, you can find me, Cole Claiborne, on pretty much any social media platform. Emily is the same thing, Emily Claiborne. Please make sure you reach out to her. Let her know that you enjoyed hearing her on this show. Another way that you can let her know is by leaving a five-star review. Uh, Make sure that you leave a comment. Tell us what was your favorite part of this episode. The comments really do help because it gives us feedback for the show, but it also helps promote the show on different podcast platforms so that other people get a chance to see this podcast as well. But thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode, but please, in the meantime, go out and enjoy Christmas. Be with your family. I hope you guys have a great time. Safe travels if you're traveling. Hey, if you know somebody who is traveling, make sure you recommend this podcast to them so they can listen to it on their flight, in the car, on the train, wherever they're going, however they're getting there. Make sure that you recommend this podcast so they have some listening. They can catch up on the first five episodes if they haven't listened to those already, especially if they've got a long travel ahead of them. So make sure that you tell your friends. But Merry Christmas, guys. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week.